Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We wrap up our visit to Louisiana. We're in Folsom, which is just outside of New Orleans. We're going to be talking with David Tran and all the things that he does to help promote music throughout the area with his blog, his website, and his podcast. But first, the jingle that hits like a single. The jingle that hits like a single. That's the slogan for Jingle Lingo. It's an advertising vehicle designed to create a unique and personal jingle to promote and position your business and make it stand out above the crowd. Think of all the musical jingles you've heard through your life, right? Who wrote that? How, who came up with that? Well, Jingle Lingo can and will put your business into a higher vision and focus on all your advertising needs by writing you a personalized jingle. Jingle Lingo, custom-made, custom-designed with you and for you. Through the talents of accomplished singer and songwriter Courtney Davis Jackson. Check them out today and get to work on your own personalized musical jingle from Jingle Lingo. JingleLingo.com, the jingle that hits like a single. So, David, let's just jump right into this because you are all over the place with stuff, man. You do a podcast, you've got a website, you've got a uh, 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 a blog that you write, and and you're doing in Louisiana what I'm doing in the country. Basically, you said right. Yeah, so tell us much. about that. What, what is your what's your mission statement? That's the big thing they talk about. It's so funny because it's hard to pinpoint who my audience is, who my client is, what exactly we're trying to do. Um, but I'm just trying to cover all the bases and give our musicians uh, a multifaceted platform where they can promote themselves. And so I'm doing it through every means, uh, every mean that I can. I've, uh, I've got the YouTube channel and I've got the podcast going to blog. And I've also built a, a website uh, for networking that's kind of treating bands like businesses so that they can uh, kind of DIY, promote themselves. And we give them some assistance and draw traffic to the site through the media and scene coverage. Gotcha. Uh, I used to be in a cover band years ago in St. Louis. And there's a guy named Dave Beardsley who promotes the St. Louis blues, the B3 Soulard festival. It's a big blues festival in St. Louis. And he was our web designer, but that's what he did. Yeah. And uh, you go to their website now. So like, if you're looking for gigs, you go to this section on his website, or if you're looking to jam with somebody, you go to this section and there's a place there. Is that what you kind of do too? Like musicians looking for musicians kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. We've got a classified section and that's what it's based on. If you're okay. buying or selling gear or you're looking for a gig or you have a slot to fill and you need somebody, a, a, a band to come fill that slot. So classified, it's, it's a musician's classified. So it's geared strictly towards that. You know, um, we've also done, uh, a bit of uh, kind of like what your, your friend was doing. It, it's just kind of to bring everybody to the table just from Louisiana because you become a drop in the bucket when you get on social media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's cool that uh, and it's all of Louisiana because you've got some pretty good music towns there. you got Baton Rouge. Everybody knows New Orleans, but you got Baton Rouge is really cool. Yeah. Uh, Lake Charles got some really good talent out of there. Shreveport, I mean, the Louisiana Hayride, you know, when yeah. I was in radio, that was one of my goals was to 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 work down in Shreveport, work at the Louisiana Hayride. Never yeah. got there, but, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, Hollywood South was uh, a good catchphrase for a while, still kind of is. Um, and it's because of the different terrain that you can find driving an hour in any direction. 
gotcha. right, from, from central Louisiana. So, um, and, and the same goes for the music genres, and that's why I bring it up. Because you can go to southwest Louisiana and find a lot of Zydeco and um, Acadian music. Um, you can drive up further north maybe an hour or two, and then you're going to find anything from uh, rhythm and blues to hip-hop, you know. And um, we're, we're kind of fortunate in that light. Uh, there, there's a ton of musicians that are, are operating in this state, and um, they kind of need their flowers now, you know. Not the guys that are out on world tours, but the people that are just getting started out or the people that have been in the, in the trenches for a while, and um, they're making a name for themselves. They just need... A little bit extra why not you know that's so cool that you give them that platform you know and people from the outside looking in have a resource that they can rely on to go to if they're looking for well, let's talk about you david do you have a background in broadcasting or in music or both or what a little bit of both um i've always played uh keyboard and um i got a bass that i pick up every once in a while i do some work on a digital audio workstation, writing music. Um, I don't perform or anything. It's just always been a hobby of mine. Uh, as far as broadcasting, I did a, a podcast with a friend for about three years, but it wasn't really based on um, anything on the up and up. It was just uh, us kind of going through uh, current current events and you know pastimes that we had, things like that. So, I mean, I, I got the gist of how to get on every every platform and you know the mechanics of it, you know, the, mixers and uh, the microphones and you know just uh how to get it done basically and i did that for three years so um i guess when it came time to do this uh, the podcast adding the podcast to my repertoire was just coming naturally you know right yeah it's just a natural fit uh are you a saints fan oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well i'm coming down for the Actually, I'm not coming down for the game, but I will be in town for the Panthers game in December. And I'm so jazzed because I haven't been to an NFL game since the Rams left St. Louis, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, my the reason I'm a, a the reason I'm a Saints fan was uh, on Halloween night, like 11, 12 years ago, or whatever, 13 years ago, I guess it was. It was uh, Monday Night Football. It was the Battle of the Black and Gold, the Saints against the Steelers, mm-hmm. and they invited everybody to come in costume. So now it's in the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest Halloween party was the Monday night football game. And I didn't go to the game, but just everybody that turned out just for the rally before game and even better than that, just driving around town and seeing like a Popeye's fried chicken closed, yeah. gone to the game. I mean, <laughs> that was just hilarious to me to see that kind of passion and dedication to their sports. I, that made me a, a Saints fan like this, you know, just Absolutely. like boom. And I've been yeah. following them ever since. I'm, yeah. yeah. I, I had a friend of mine that was living in New Orleans at the time that uh, St. Louis first got their Rams. And he's, he and a bunch of friends came up from New Orleans for a game, and they were all wearing their brown paper bags. Yes. <laughs> it was back in the day when the pre-breeze days, I guess, you know, back in the day when everybody wore their brown paper bags over their heads. That was funny. Yeah, definitely. I had one of those, man. I, I lost it over time. I wish I still had that thing. That was funny. That was fun. That was fun. So how do you do what you do? Do you go out and solicit people or because you've been around for a while, do people come to you? And it, it is a networking thing. So is it tell your friends and I'll tell my friends kind of thing or what? I'm in touch with a, a ton of bands. Um, I do a lot of networking also. Some people come to me. Um, some I will solicit through uh, social. Um, 
I've got a list right now of, I don't even know, man, 135 bands that have all been suggested to me by uh, fans and followers. Um, you just work your way down the list. It seems uh -huh. like the more popular there are, the, the harder they are to get in touch with. You know, there, there's more layers to that onion. But um, I, I don't have a problem yeah. um, securing people to, to go and talk to. And a, a lot of times uh, it's few and far between where anybody says, no, I don't want to do an interview. You know, I mean, everybody wants to free pub, you know. Do you have a, a format like I, you meet somebody, then you put them on your website and then you do the podcast or or yeah. does it matter? Um, well, I use our members as a primary pool to pick from uh, for the interview. Um, so they get first dibs. Um, beyond that, I will set up a time and a date and go meet these people in person. Um, set up a video camera. I've got huh. some lav mics and some lighting and um, it, it's a, it's a mobile, real mobile operation. And we'll sit and talk for about an hour or so. And um, I, I'll take that and rip the audio for a podcast and uh, we'll edit the video with some intros and outros and split them up by talking points and publish them on our YouTube channel. Um, that's also displayed on my website. We have a videos page. And then I'll write an article about them because um, there's a lot of pockets of audiences these days. Some people have their go to is YouTube or their go to is podcasting. Uh, so you just want to kind of put it out there on every medium so that you can get, I don't know, three times as many people um, and give these guys some exposure. Yeah, I first started promoting this podcast on Facebook and my my kids just kind of do this, shaking their head. No, like nobody does Facebook anymore. It's all tiktok or instagram or something or something or something yeah. or they're like you said there's just so many out there, there uh, so i i start where i start and i'll end where i end you know <laughs> now there's some artists that you you don't really give preferential treatment to but there are artists that you've got a closer relationship to than others correct i guess by way of site membership um I get a lot of artists, well, I won't say a lot, but I get some artists that join the site and then they're kind of waiting for me to do something, but they don't have a published work. And if you don't have a published work, then I can't really justify trying to bring attention to you or promoting you because after all, what am I promoting? I'm not a show promoter. Do you know what I'm saying? If yeah. you are, if you are a musician right. and you are already trying hard to help yourself, then I'm going to come and push that a little bit further. But I mean, you, you kind of need something published to be able to enjoy some of the fruits of my labors because I, I can't necessarily market nothing, your next performance. That's it. You know? So uh, no, some of the guys, I, do absolutely. Have, I've, I've, I have closer memberships with some of the guys because they're bands that are just running and gunning. They're, they're really going at it, you know? So um, I stay in touch with everybody. Yeah. All my members I, I talk to personally and I find out what their goals are, what they're hoping to do in the near future and a few years from now. And this is regardless of an interview, just so I can find out where they're at uh, in the, the musical landscape and where they want to be and what I can do to insert myself and help that. Along. And how long have you been doing the New Orleans Musicians .com thing? Is that is that right? Is it New, New Orleans Musicians? Yeah, neworleansmusicians.com. Uh, we've been live 
for about a year. But you year don't just focus on New Orleans, though, right? You're, you're statewide. I'm sorry, you're statewide, though. You're not just New Orleans, right? Correct. I kind of felt like New Orleans was the hub for all of this. Um, if you had to choose a music capital for us, so to speak, and um, just kind of branched out from uh-huh. there. Uh, I wanted to include everybody from the state, not just New Orleans, because it's too small of a microcosm, even though it is, it's it's heavily populated with musicians. I feel like the whole state should be included. So. And then you said you've done this, what'd you say, a year and a half? About a year and a half now. Yeah. What do you do when you're not doing this? Well, I'm a, I'm a boat captain, so I'm gone uh, eight months out the year. So I do, you know, about three weeks on. Are you really? Ten days home. So while I'm home, it's it's crammed with appointments like this and interviews and editing and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. I, I've just kind of I set the bar and I decided that's what I'm going to do. And I just figured out ways to work more efficiently to get it done. Um, in the year and a half that we've been up, uh, I've got 55 articles, uh, 110 videos, um, 113 songs all on our website. Um, I've got 35 podcast episodes that's on every single platform, including YouTube. Um, we've got uh, over 100 members right now and um, countless merchandise from uh, from clothes to shoes to skateboards. Like I designed all of that stuff um, to promote the site. The site is free for everyone. And I want it to remain free for everyone. Uh-huh. So I intend to find other ways to um, maybe uh, recompense uh, some of this expense because it's a lot. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, thousands it, of dollars. It, thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's it's a fun hobby, but. Yeah. That's what I tell people. I said, it's a fun hobby, but boy, it ain't, it ain't for free. It ain't, it's not for the weak of heart. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Now, uh, on, our, on our podcast. On the Music of America podcast, what we do is we invite guests, in, and you've heard the show. You know, we talk, and then we play songs of theirs. Uh, you're not a musician. We're not showcasing your music per se, but there are artists that you submitted some music for us to showcase. Yes. So let's let's go to one of those right now, and it's Georgia Brown Sweet in Bed Red Wine. Okay, so that's, that's Sweet Georgia Brown, and that is from uh, Baby Won't You Please Come Home album. Um, it is Dixieland Jazz from the Ben Redwine Trio. Gotcha. So, see, I wrote it down. And th- I know the uh, Sweet Georgia Brown. That's the Globetrotters theme, you know? Right. Yeah. Sweet Georgia Brown, right? Uh, yeah, and exactly. I wrote it down as the Georgia Brown Sweet, like a sweet, you know, like like Sweet Judy Blue Eyes or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's how I read it. I'm like, that sounds so much like it. So, <laughs> and you know what musicians do, though? They'll take that. They'll take Sweet George Brown and they'll make it the Georgia Brown Sweet, and then they'll, they'll write a suite about it. You know, sure. So, well, it's kind of clever. Maybe that's what it is. But it, so, what we're gonna do, we're gonna play those songs today too on the podcast, but they'll also be available for people to uh, to sample and listen to on the uh, Music of America podcast website. So, okay. again, it's Ben Redwine. Yeah, the Ben Redwine right. Trio. He's a jazz clarinetist. Gotcha. And the song is Sweet George Brown.
Sweet George Brown, our guest today is David Trahan from the New Orleans Musicians.com. River Ridge Farms is Vermont's recreation lover's dream. It's a gorgeous vacation rental. It's nestled right in the green mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farms is an escape to everything wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields with mountainous views, pasture, a pond, tree-lined river frontage. Go on out and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State, along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, biking trails, hiking trails, and other tourist activities. This spot is unique due to the multiple mountain views, plus the residential farm animals they have. When you get in touch with the host, Diana, ask about interacting with the pets, specifically the pigs. My grandson got to pet a pig for the first <coughs> time in his life, and he just loved it. You can also do a a farm stay in the comfortable modern farmhouse, which sleeps 11 guests easily. There's enough space to throw events like New Year's parties, Thanksgiving parties are coming up, Thanksgiving's coming up, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful Vermont landscape. Check them out, River Ridge Farm on Facebook, but you'll find them by searching River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville. There's a lot of River Ridge Farms in this country. 
You can check them out through Airbnb as well, River Ridge Farms, Vermont, Vermont's recreation lover's dream. Do you travel a lot? David, do you get to travel around the state to meet different artists, or do you pretty much let them come to you? No, I wish they did come to me. <laughs> I um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm anxious about it. I, I, I go find them, um, and it could be anywhere. I think the longest journey I took was two and a half hours one way to Irath um, in southwest Louisiana um to interview a uh-huh. man poisson rouge um cajun and zydeco music but um i don't know it, it's an adventure yeah. for me I, I really if you ask me i would say i was not a people person which is kind of ironic because i'm doing all these interviews but when we get together for a common love it just i don't know it's a different experience altogether and i really enjoy uh talking to these people when i interview them we don't just talk about their last show or their next album or anything like that. I start from when they were a child and we get to know, you know, what was it like in their household? And we learn what their, their um, inspirations were and influences were. And that kind of explains who they are today. And you get an Mm -hmm. intimate look at someone who is a person, not just a musician or a jukebox or a radio. It's it's a person and you get to understand and learn about and get to know that person. You know? I ask their musical identity and I ask their musical pedigree a lot. And it, it's really funny because the pedigree is easy. People say, oh, I grew up in a house full of music and mom sang and dad played the piano. And when you ask about their musical identity, they have to stop and think. They have to define it themselves because they might listen to this style and play this style and perform this style. So they really have to do a little self soul searching, you know, which is pretty cool. It's along the same lines of what you do there, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I found uh, in speaking to these people and we started early childhood. So inevitably, inevitably at some point we, we arrive uh, at the point in their life where they're trying to discover their own identity as a person, you know, as we all do. And, um, Somewhere yeah, in yeah. that time frame, usually adolescence, pre-adolescence, they're starting to pick up a, an instrument and they have to fill another void or answer another question now. Like you said, what is my musical identity? So they're, they're figuring out who they are as a young man or a young woman, but now also who they are mm-hmm. musically and how to express themselves musically, which is fascinating. One of my very first guests was a woman that teaches music. and one of the young ladies that was on came on doing show tunes and now she's going into country because she tried rock and didn't like it. <laughs> it's like what you're saying. You know, you, you, that's how you, she started here, evolved into here, but she really didn't like it. And she's landed in country. Now she's got a beautiful country voice. She's like going into the military. So her music career is kind of on hold a little bit, but uh, we both told her that she can still sing in the military. It's okay. They let you do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the guy that you had just played the track from Ben Redwine was uh, classically trained um, for the majority of his life. Um, he didn't get into jazz until mm-hmm. I believe college. Uh, his grandfather was uh, one of the premier uh, classical um, musicians in the area. So he got the benefit of, of that um, learning theory and such from him, but it was all classical and in their house was all classical music. And like I said, until college years, he didn't start to mess around with jazz. And now it's what he's known for. What do you listen to? 
a little bit of everything. Uh, I like um, I like a, a lot of heavy metal. Um, I like uh, some hip hop as long as it um, it's got a, a '90s uh, '90s era feel to it, or it's what they call bar heavy. That you know they put a lot of thought into what they're saying and not just hooks. Um, I've got a soft spot yeah. for uh, '70s rock. Um, I really love um, '70s jazz too. Um, certain labels that I look for, Kudu or CTI Records, um, certain musicians uh, like the Jazz Crusaders uh, is one of my favorites. Um, I'm all over the map. It's it's very specific, but I am all over the map. Jazz Crusaders, I haven't heard that name in decades. Decades. I've got uh, I've got a collection of of uh, albums, and um, I don't think I have every one by them, but I'm I'm pretty close. I got uh, I'm an audiophile yeah. to the max, man. I've got over a, a hundred and thirty eight tracks. I've got tubs full of cassettes and CDs and um, albums. I got a few hundred records. No, uh, what can you tell me about Patrick Cooper? He's the next guy on our list to, to yeah, hear a song from. Um, can you tell me about him this guy's got a really great sound man he uh so he's on my website with two different bands that he's in um patrick cooper is a as a solo project and he's also in uh, cast iron cactus um this track that you have is uh, alone at last it's from his ep called somewhat live and it's kind of easygoing uh, folk music. He, he reminds me of Jimmy Buffett, his attitude and his um, his candor. It's just really, really good music. Really good guy. Isn't it? Isn't it cool how the personality comes through their music? Oh, absolutely, like absolutely. Yeah, love that. Love that. Well, we're going to give that a listen to. This is Patrick Cooper in a song called "Alone at Last." Streetcar stop trying to get downtown. When a woman runs on up and she sits herself down, she had a smile on her face as big as a river is wide. Made me want to swim across, see what's on the other side. So I told her I'm ready for the story why she's doing so great She said, okay, buddy, here's my tale, I'm gonna relay But when you're done, you gotta buy me a beer at the end of the line I Said, lady, you got yourself a deal, it's your time to shine between the men and the kids It's time to move on After the men and the kids I made myself a new home They used to tell me It's a woman's lot in this life If you say that to me now I'll come at you with a knife I've been a good mother And I've been a good wife Now I'm putting that on the past I'm alone at last And loving you 
raising my kids has brought me to a state of grace But that ex-husband of mine, he's a total waste of space Now the kids are all grown and I'm done with mommy time Getting rid of that axe has been a long, hard climb She said between the men and the kids It's time to move on After the men and the kids I've made myself a new home They used to tell me it's a woman's lot in this life If you say that to me now I'll come at your way Take a few tokes of that herb She said between the men and the kids It's time to move on After the men and the kids Made myself a new home They used to tell me it's a woman's lot in this life If you say that to me now I'll come at you with a knife I've been a good mother and I've been a good wife I'm putting that on the past I'm a lonely lad A lonely lad Between the men and the kids A lonely lad Thank you. Alone at last, Patrick Cooper featured today with our guest today, David Tran from the NewOrleansMusicians.com website, podcast, blog, YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about that here in a bit. Are you a 30-watt amp guy? Because I've got like a 50 and 100-watt, and I've got some tinkering around 20, 30-amp lamps. Well, the Landry 30-watt amp beats everything I've got. The LS30 from Bill Landry. It came about by taking the red channel from his 100-watt LS100G3. He made one channel, low wattage, and EL34 powered amp. And after building the prototype, he divided the one channel into two channels with a shared stack. And as it turned out, it actually worked together quite nicely with bright switches, separate gain controls, master volumes on both channels. Bam, the LS30 from Landry Amps with all the goodness of an EL34. And this baby weighs yeah, just over 25 pounds. It's great. The LS30 from Landry Amps, www landryamps.com tell me some of the musicians you've interviewed david that that stand out maybe people have gone on to greatness or maybe just good interviews that you've had sure um one that stands out was a more recent one uh, i interviewed a guy by the name of wayne Kahn, and he was actually uh, a dc radio host uh, for many years um, he had developed a relationship 
with uh, a Zydeco musician named Roy Carrier. And there are about five or so names in Southwest Louisiana that whose roots of the family can be traced back to the origins of Zydeco. And Carrier is one of them. Um, they had a, a wow. documentarian that started following the family around and accumulated some footage, but the project got shelved. And um, one way or another, this DC radio host comes into possession of these uh, 20 plus year old beta and VHS tapes, which is all the footage that was accumulated by the, uh, the camera crew for that documentary that was shelved. So I interviewed yeah. him about his life, that project, and it's something that he's working on right now, um, kind of crowd crowdfunding and um, looking for resources and people to talk to. But uh, just the amount of respect and uh, heritage that was behind that one conversation was just, um, I don't know, phenomenal to me. It just not, blew me away. That's, that's really cool, too, to just share their experience, you know, like that, to be able to share their joy and their passion sure. and, and learning at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Who do you want to do? Who, 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 who's on your radar of i would love to interview this band or this guy or this woman or whatever who would you like to really meet up with i'm not sure man i'm having so much fun uh just kind of being led where this takes me um the some of the people that yeah. immediately come to mind are just i would think a little bit too popular like i said i'm trying to keep to i'm trying to stick to finding these people that are really great musicians but they're not in uh, the, the the top 40 right now, you know? So I think the things that immediately come to mind are the yeah, things yeah. that we all know is pop, uh, popular, but um, I'm kind of digging this other route where I just kind of, uh, I find the gems, you know? Um, and it can come in many forms. I I, um, I went and interviewed uh, Vinny LaBella, who was uh, the founder of Exhorter. And um, they had a breakup uh, recently after uh, they put out an album um, and for three years, he didn't talk to anybody about it, no press. And I mean, you've got these popular magazines and, and websites that are calling him for a word and he refused, but he and I got to talk and he agreed to do an interview with me. So that was kind of a big deal for me, not only for the, uh, history behind uh, the band itself because they were global i mean they they played for hundreds of thousands of people but for him to trust me with his word and for me to be able to put out his side of the story after so many years meant a lot to me you know and and like i said i i stay in touch with all these yeah. guys he's proved to be a, a a great guy good friend and um so i'm enjoying where this thing is leading me more so than i am kind of steering it in one in intentional direction as far as the personalities go that's really cool man you, you, like me uh you love this i could do without people i could do without the people side of people right <laughs> but i really dig like being able to sit there and talk with people about them their heritage their roots their history their story and hearing their story that, that it's really enjoyable for me. And then with the music background, it's, it, it just makes it that much more enjoyable for me because I'm, you know, I played music and so on and so forth, you know? Sure. But, so the last person we're going to talk about MJ Dardar, who is that? 
So he's a guy that grew up um, in Venice, Louisiana. And um, at the time that I interviewed him, he had put out an album that was real soulful, gritty rhythm and blues. He's got just enough grit in his voice uh, that just makes it sound so sweet. I don't know how to put that into words properly, but I mean, if you listen to, I'm not saying he sounds like Ray Charles, but if, for instance, you listen to like a Ray Charles, you, you hear that grit in their voice, but it's, an, it's not enough to make it un unpalatable. Um, he's got this same thing and right. he, he's a great singer. Um, sometimes they'll perform with a horn section, sometimes without, but he had just put out an album that was in that vein of soul and rhythm and blues. And since then, um, he, and he told me while I was there that his next album was going to be in a different direction. That was kind of, uh, elevated mood pop. Um, and they accomplished this. And when I asked him for a song to um, contribute to your show, uh, that's the one that uh, Deanna, Deanna Scott, uh, his manager, uh, offered up. And um, yeah, it, it's it's another turn that people should go look into this guy because his catalog goes in different directions. And I feel like they'll be satiated one way or the other. That is so fun, too. And people are are bold enough to not be pigeonholed and try the different things. You know, Absolutely. I want to do this, but I also want to do this, but I also want to do this. And that's, that's what, uh, MJ Dardar does. Yeah. This is MJ Dardar with a song called hot in use on the music of America podcast. <laughs> You're bringing to the table tonight Are you looking for a lion or a lamb Truth the day for your fire inside Everyone wants to be the next to be You keep spinning right next to me You keep spinning right next to me Whoa, whoa, whoa Hold your drink, hold your hand, or your back to me We could just leave here casually We can just leave here casually Whoa, whoa like something in the oven that you wanted so much But your mama told you not to touch It's hot in use It's hot in use I wanna do everything that we're not supposed to do I know what to do No, I'm not for you I can be all the things that you need that you can't do If you ain't got a problem with your hands in the flame Then baby, I'ma burn just the same It's hot in use It's hot in use Won't you slide that check to me? We could call it fatal destiny. Just take it to the house and wreck the sheets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grab your keys in my hand and the ecstasy. We could finish all drinks and the rest can be like lovers with no complexity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know that I'm trouble because you see it so much. And your mama told you not to touch. It's hot in use. It's hot in use. I want to do everything that we're not supposed to do. I know what to do. 
know I'm not for you I can be all the things that you need that you can do If you ain't got a problem with your hands in the flame Then baby, I'ma burn just the same It's hot in you It's hot in you MJ Dardor, another one of the guests that we're featuring today from our guest today, David Trahan, who runs a website and a blog and a YouTube channel and a, a podcast like this. And uh, David, this is the section of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So I'm going to try and set it up like this. So let's say Tom Pollard comes to you and uh, uh, MJ Dardor says, man, David, you got to check out this cat, Tom Pollard, and interview him. So what comes first? Do we interview and that gets put on your website or does it go on your blog or do we make a YouTube video that gets put on the website or do we just go on the podcast? Is there a, or is there a pecking order? And that's see, that's the setup where you can talk about all your wonderful things that you do now. Sure. Sure. Um, the publishing schedule uh, kind of dictates itself. Uh, lately it's been the podcast is immediate. Uh, so shortly after coming to speak with you, uh, the podcast episode will be put out um, in the middle of that podcast episode. I'm going to shout out some other artist or member from my website, uh, talk about their work and play a snippet of their music. I do that in place of commercials. But so the, the podcast will come out first, um, usually uh, I'd say a week, two weeks tops. Uh, the article will be out. And um, the YouTube schedule is I've got them stacked up. So that's that won't be for, let's say, another month, roughly. But what that does, in essence, for the person that I'm interviewing is take one instance, one interaction between us and put it out on every platform possible, audio, video, everywhere, um, and increase the span of time that these things are publishing such to where their material is is kind of um you know celebrated or heralded for months you know and um everything that i yeah. publish is is uh posted on advertised on social and um you know if we do one podcast episode that's going to be advertised on social for the next five weeks i just schedule everything out and i make graphics intros outros um audio and video things like that for every piece that i put out so they're they're all kind of unique unto themselves so shamelessly self-promote tell us where to find you and how to support you and how artists can get in touch with you etc sure um new orleans musicians anywhere if you type that word in it i'm usually going to pop up i've got dot com uh, dot net 
uh, New Orleans Nightlife. I've got 23 domains leading to my website. Uh, I'm not hard to find. Um, wow. I do a lot of promoting on Facebook because I like the platform Meta as a professional platform where you can plot these things out. So I do a lot of promoting there. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find our podcast, NewOrleansMusicians.com podcast uh, on every platform. Um, you can find NewOrleansMusicians.com YouTube channel by just typing in New Orleans Musicians on YouTube. Um, we respond. I say we, it's me. Um, I respond to everybody, uh, regardless of the message, just as soon as possible, within hours. Um, and that, that's something I've tried to live by because everybody's got something to say and everybody's important to me one way or the other. You know, So I want to make make sure that they, they feel that. And um, that's about it, man. They're, I've got, um, as far as uh, music streaming, I've, I've got uh, a professional account on 16 different platforms. Um, if you're a musician that joins my site, I'll go find your music and add it to my playlists, um, which is something that's kind of big for artists that are yeah. on streaming right now. They want to be on playlists. So, I mean, I just go and do that automatically as well. And like I said before, if you're grinding, if you're pushing for yourself, if you're putting out albums, then there's a ton that I can do for you. We I've designed flyers um, for, for guys for shows. Uh, I've contributed artwork for um album covers uh just whatever i could do to help out i like being involved in these kind of projects that are creative excite me so i'm there i'm right there with them you know awesome man good luck good luck to you and keep up the good work and keep fighting the good fight and all of all those other adages that we all say right <laughs> sure sure thanks so much for having me on tom i really do appreciate your time man Hey, I'll uh, I'll drop you a line when we get down there in uh, in December. Maybe we can stop by Folsom on our way down to. We're staying down in the quarter or just outside uh, the quarter, and maybe yeah. we can uh, catch a cup of coffee or a baguette or something. You know, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. David Trahan, our guest today, wrapping up our visit to Louisiana next week. We'll be traveling to Maine. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.